through the uh, auditing work that I've done over most of those years, I recognized probably back in about 1991 that there was a 50 to a 100 year plan and in operation. And I would just see this problem happening over and over and over and over again until I realized, okay, they have created a new business model, a profitable new business model where foreclosure has become a new profit center. This is a problem designed not to be solved. I became that changed to, if you do not make the monthly payment on the day it is due, you are in default. That was when I had an epiphany uh, that if it were not for the state-by-state -state foreclosure laws that restrain foreclosures, technically virtually everyone in the country would be in a state of default and they could be foreclosed upon. Carbon 60 or C60 first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential extending lifespan, but it also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% .9 pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as the universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10%, and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I need to give you another WHO update. We still think that 12 of the 13 amendments have been taken off the table, but people are watching around the clock because the, the convention goes from the 20th or the annual meeting, whatever they call it, goes from the 22nd through the 28th. And who knows what these guys, are they going to try to pull a fast one and do it undercover? I don't know. So people are watching this you know, 24 hours a day and watching these videos, making sure that if anything happens that we're not unaware of, that people can find it and we can go after it. And actually, James Roguski is looking for volunteers. If you go to his website, don'tyoudare.info, there's information on volunteers to watch this week, the WHO meeting. And because we need people 24 hours a day watching what this, well, they're not going on 24 hours a day, but maybe two, 10 hours. I don't know exactly how long, What? but it's Geneva, Switzerland. So it's it's a bad time for U.S. people. But if you're a night owl in the early morning hours, then maybe you can do this as well. But they post all their videos and we want to watch these live so we know what's going on. And And then after this is over, I guess on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, they will be 
talking more about the amendments, but that might have shifted in their agenda. So James and I, once we have all the data of what's happening at this meeting, we're going to get together and do a show on the specific facts so everybody knows exactly what's going on with everything. But at this point, we think 12 of the 13 are off the table, which is fantastic news. So I wrote an article about it. You can share it with your friends. It also has information on how to reach James and to get uh, volunteer and watch those videos. Also, it has Tucker Carlson and also OAN, which I think OAN does uh, just a phenomenal job. They're trustworthy. So you can watch that as well, just to show that this is a real deal. And I know people who watch or listen to my show know it's a real deal and are very serious about it. But this show is part two, continuing with Marie McDonald. I think you will like, I like part two. I really get into it. I share my experience more. This is a personal thing for me on what I did. And I saw this personally this sham that they're doing. And so I, I guess there's a little bit of emotion behind this. And I really wish I would have known her at the time. But what she's uncovering is that it's institutional. They are doing it on purpose to a certain percentage of people. And it's built into the process. And she has discovered that over her 34 years. And she is mathematically figuring it out and has the information. She wants to get more data so that she can bring it forward and prove it um, in a mass way that this is going on. And so it's just very interesting. You got to listen to it. But the, the money laundering, the mortgage fraud, the stealing is all institutionalized and industrialized and built into the process. I believe it. And it's crazy. So you got to listen to this. It's a great interview. Go back and listen to part one. If you haven't, then you can come and listen to this. Also, I got to tell you a little bit of housekeeping here. People who have ordered at controlyourhealth.care, the convenience pack or the travel vitamin pack, they are on back order. I ordered four boxes because I have my kids on them and everybody else because they're so convenient and they're all on back order for me too. So a lot of people are ordering them, but they're supposed to be in, in next week. So if you're wondering why yours is taking so long, that's why, but they're going to be back in next week. So if you want to order some, go to controlyourhealth.care. It's really good, basic nutrition that you need. There's three levels that I have there for, you know, if you just want the minerals, because that's just amazing stuff. They get it from the good soil. And then they also have the the full nutrition pack with the minerals. And then they have the convenience on the gold pack. And when you're super busy on the gold pack, it seems to work for me and my kids. So anyways, let's get into this fantastic conversation with Marie McDonald. I think I, I have always intuitively thought this is a land grab. Okay. So when I saw the, 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 the language of what uh, a default is in the Fannie and Freddie promissory note, go from 30 days down to no days. Yeah, You've got to yeah. pay on the day it's due or you're in default. So, so since the mortgage, uh, the, the, the promissory note defines a default, as if you don't pay on the day it's due. Okay, if you pay on the second instead of the first, can someone take your property? Technically speaking, yes. So if it were not for um, foreclosure laws enacted on a state-by-state -state basis to, um, uh, you know, to govern 
the foreclosure of these mortgage loans. Um, essentially, it would be very easy to collapse property ownership throughout the country. So and, that's uh, another reason how state law is so much so important because we can keep this from happening. There'll be some states that'll be just a wash in criminal activity, but a lot of the other ones will be um, upright and do what's right. So do you, are there many people throughout the country that are renting their homes and we don't realize it? And there's been a shift from ownership to rental going on underneath our feet for a long time. Do we have any percentages of home ownership, you know, from 40 years ago compared to today? Well, I, I, I do know that, uh, yeah, after the 2008 financial crisis, home ownership rates really sunk to their lowest in 60 years or something like that. We definitely have more renters now. Think of all of the people who've been dispossessed as a result mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. the, um, the mortgage meltdown, the 2008 financial crisis, the, the millions of loans that have been foreclosed upon since then, and, and we're not through yet. Like I say, I, I'm, I'm still auditing loans that have been in the foreclosure pipeline, some of them for a decade or more. And are they living in those homes still? They're foreclosing some, on them? Some people are. Some people okay. are. Yeah. Do they have to pay while they're, while they're being foreclosed on? No, uh, they, they, they don't because... Well, I don't blame them. I, it's kind of like that movie, uh, what is the name of the bank heist or whatever? the Netflix series where all the people are like with the robbers. I mean, you almost get to that point because you realize oh, yeah, yeah. that the true robbers aren't the robbers. I mean, it, they are, but you know what I mean? It's like, who are the good guys here, everybody? But anyways, keep going. Okay, so part, part of how this looks like, um, especially when a, a borrower uh, ends up in court defending against a foreclosure action and uh, the judge will say, well, you got the money, didn't you? Borrower answers, yes. Judge says, well, you haven't paid it back yet, have you? Borrower says, no. Gavel goes down and judgment of foreclosure issues. But here's what judges don't understand. Once you're three months delinquent, typically the mortgage servicer is not going to accept your payments unless oh. you pay them the In past full? due amount plus any late fees and other charges that they have imposed. So if they're imposing, and I have this situation all the time, if they're imposing fees and costs that you're disputing, unless you pay that extortion money, you're gonna be placed in foreclosure. And so sure, they've been stringing out these foreclosures to, to make homeowners look like they're deadbeat borrowers, couldn't afford the house to begin with. Um, by the way, I'm conducting um, uh, a webinar tomorrow for the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, which is called Proving Mortgage Fraud with Financial Forensics. And one of my first case studies um, involves um, a couple in Burbank, California. Uh, and, and it describes, it's just a beautiful, elegant, 
um, example of the bait and switch uh, in the loan terms that occurred between uh, the date they applied for the loan and when they signed the paperwork. And, uh, you know, it, it's a very good uh, detailed mathematical description of how this bait and switch occurred and, you know, then, then where they, they end up, you know, at the end of the day. But, um, you know what I uh, think? I think if a bank or an institution is going to, to traumatize a person, I know what it's like when I, they try to risk, you know, uh, say they're going to take my house and never even touch it, but I, they wanted to breach the, um, you know, the corporation in my case yes. and go after all my personal assets. And mm -hmm. they were the ones doing all the fraud anyways. And we're giving me big thing. I mean, I was fighting. I'm like, I sat there in the room with the head of the, the um, bank and the head of the um, construction company. And I, and I said, if, and I swore at them. I mean, I'm like, if I'm effing going down, you guys are effing going down too. Swear, I swear to God, because I, I knew they were just playing games. And so I did not give up. And they were trying to go after my house and everything else. But I know what that feels like when they go after your family, your house, your home, your, and so if an institution does that, I believe they should have to pay for those people's homes. If they're doing it under fraud and under duress, and they're trying to extort, I fundamentally believe that because now that person has to pay for their legal fees. Oh yes. They have to pay for the trauma of, they feel like their family is being attacked, which they are. You feel like you're on the front run line of a war because it's your the most personal things trying to protect your family. So you know when I get back to who's the bad guy, I'm like I I think there should almost to get these lenders to behave properly. If you screw around and you threaten their livelihood and threaten these people and try to extort them, the penalty is paying off their mortgage. That's what I think it should be. Well. That brings up uh, another case study that I'll be discussing at the webinar tomorrow, where I have um, a couple in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and um, they first contacted me in um, about uh, June, May, end of May, June 2016. Uh, that Wisconsin is a judicial foreclosure state, uh, and uh, they took out a loan with Bank of America. Bank of America continued to service the loan. Bank of America brought the foreclosure action and the judge granted judgment of foreclosure to Bank of America based upon an affidavit by a Bank of America employee. Uh, the, 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 so after the judgment of foreclosure, the process in Wisconsin is the property has to be taken to a sheriff's sale. So that happened um, shortly thereafter. Um, my clients challenged the, um, the amount uh, of, of the credit bid that the, the alleged owner of the mortgage loan uh, uh, bid to take the property into real estate owned. <clears throat> the judge voided that sale, agreeing that was too low an amount. Uh, and then time went on. Um, the couple filed, they had to file for bankruptcy. They were, uh, they had a real estate uh, construction company and, um, uh, you know, a real estate um, brokerage as well. And of course, after the 2008 financial crisis, those industries were the first to be hit and the hardest to be hit. 
So uh, they filed a Chapter 7 liquidation bankruptcy. And then um, uh, later, a second share of sale was conducted. Um, the alleged trustee of a securitization trust took the property back as real estate owned. And I was brought in to help them oppose confirmation of the share of sale. And so um, I, uh, um, I did the deep dive and I discovered that the affidavit of the Bank of America employee that the judge had relied upon grossly overstated the amount required to cure the default. And also that Bank of America's complaint, which stated that it owned and held the mortgage loan was not true. That loan had been securitized shortly after it was originated in 2004. And uh, I also um, showed the judge that the endorsement on the promissory note by a particular vice president of Bank of America was imposed more than a year after the complaint to foreclose was filed, which means you know, that Wells Fargo Bank is trustee of this trust, you know, who became the, the successor to Bank of America, didn't really own the loan when the complaint was filed. So that goes right to standing. So then what the happened? I mean, these games okay. are being played everywhere. Bottom, bottom line, because of my intervention, and I told um, um, my client's attorney, I said, yes, you want to file my affidavit in opposition to the confirmation of the sheriff's sale, but I'm also recommending that you file a motion to vacate the judgment of foreclosure and to dismiss the case with prejudice due to my findings and the fraud on the court. He did that. And then I flew out February 2017 to testify at an evidentiary hearing. And um, <clears throat> it's interesting because... Uh, the judge opened the hearing by saying, well, uh, Mr. Peterson, I see that, uh, well, we're, we're here on Wells Fargo's motion to confirm the sheriff's sale, but you filed a motion to vacate the judgment of foreclosure. Why don't we start with that? And so Reed put on his case. My client uh, testified for about 20 minutes as, as to certain facts. And then I was put on the stand for about two and a half hours. Uh, the judge took over my direct examination at, at times and was fascinated by what I had to say as I educated him about the securitization, about robo signers and robo notaries and so forth and yeah. so on. And, uh, and, and Wells Fargo did not want to cross-examine me. So I was excused. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so then, you know, the, uh, uh, the argument goes over to Wells Fargo and they were just so self-assured that their judgment of foreclosure, now seven years old, uh, would stick. They just said, well, judge, we have the note, we have an assignment of mortgage, we have an assignment of the judgment of foreclosure, we rest our case. So closing arguments wrapped up and the judge stood up from the bench and he said, Mr. Peterson, my client's attorney, I'm gonna grant your motion to vacate the judgment of foreclosure because I do find there was considerable fraud upon the court. As just a country judge, I thought I could trust the large exactly. national banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo Bank. 
and and now I see that I couldn't. And Wells Fargo, you never rebutted Ms. McDonald's testimony. You didn't bring in um, the vice president who signed the affidavit to- You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. And so he said, I, I, I'm left uh, having to, to, to grant Mr. Reed's motion to vacate the judgment. And he did. And then he said, you know what? Maybe there's a note. Wells Fargo, maybe you have the right to enforce the note. I'm not dealing with a note, but you're not going to take his family's home due to the judgment of foreclosure, uh, due to the considerable fraud upon the court. I mean, and then he he vacated, he voided this $900,000 mortgage. Well, because which, these people went through trauma for years. They did. It's BS. And that's what people don't realize. These people are going through trauma and these guys don't care. And, and right. I know that in my state for over a decade, nobody could win a single case against the bank. They, they just would rubber right. stamp stuff. And, and we had detail. And I remember the, the bank's attorneys, oh my God, was I, they all went down by the way, the bank went down. So the construction company. So I feel like it was a win. Cause all I cared about is if I'm going down, you guys are going to, cause I knew I was going down, but <laughs> they, the guy had the goal to stand up and say that everything was accurate to the penny with the bank. And we had proof after proof after proof of all the frauds. They, they do I'm that like, to prove time. it. They just state stuff. They, it wasn't true, but they just stated that it was all, we're a bank. We do things exactly right. Well, no, you don't. Here's the proof. And the judge actually was pretty lenient and allowed me some stuff so that I could take care of some business and to take care of people that needed, that were innocent in the process. And so they gave me enough time. How much time do you need to do this? I told them she gave me that time. They were pissed, but I at least got the time to take care of people. And then, cause I wanted to come out. I was the only one wanting to come out right. I think, although there were people, even the bank felt like he, that one of the representatives told me he felt like he was an asshole. And then another attorney, uh, quit wouldn't represent the bank he's like i'm not going to do that i feel like i'm doing so i there were people that were that that were giving me a ton of hints that there's a lot of problems here and uh not right. even hints one just one just flat out said i will not represent this bank so um there are good people in the system but it as you know you've been going through but i had a wake-up call so i know there's this stuff going on i lived it and i i came out okay right i saved I protected my world is what I did. Um, mm -hmm. But the process of protecting my world was very traumatic. And I could see people who feel even less. I mean, I had resources. I had, you know, I, I'm a fighter. But some of these other people, I just, I can't. That's why I say, I mean, these poor people get everything taken from them. And there's millions of people like that, aren't there? Or at least hundreds of thousands. Oh. Oh yeah, no, no millions. Absolutely, and and, and that's and what, way, we have this trauma everywhere. We wonder why there's trauma in this country. That's what they're doing to people. And now we have BlackRock taking over. I keep going back to these neighborhoods because I just my friends are trying to buy out homes and they can't because every time they go to bid on a house, it's just like some some investment company comes in and outbids everybody. Right. So right, exactly. I just I'm By wondering the way, what the heck is going on. There's another aspect to that I want to point out because I'm dealing with this situation now with a client in California. Yeah. Part of the reason, and, and I, I, I saw this decades ago, 
after I realized that uh, the industry had created a new profit center in foreclosure. And I could see there were people who had the capability, you know, of um, doing a, a, a workout, they just needed a little bit of time, or uh, they had lined up um, a, a buyer for the property, uh, even at full price, uh, and could remediate the situation. But the mortgage servicing company would not allow them to do that. And they brought the property through the foreclosure process anyway. And when I kept seeing, wait a minute, they're not willing to, to work things out you know, with, with the, the borrowers. What is going on here? This is not rational. It's not reasonable. It's not economically sound. There's Yeah, they won't even bother to work it out with the borrowers because yeah. then you know then you know there's something going on. There, go there's, there's, there's an underlying agenda, no, no doubt about it. And so I kept seeing, you know what? They actually have to take title to these properties. There's some payoff. I can't say I know what it is. I suspect it might be some sort of insurance or credit default swap. I think you're right. That's what we're getting to is they somehow, there's something about taking these titles of all these properties right. going on that we haven't pinned down yet. Right. And so, uh, so here's why you need institutional buyers to take title to the property, because they can handle the risk that if a homeowner challenges the foreclosure or the eviction, they have the money, the resources, the yep. legal talent to deal with that. Whereas most consumers don't. Now I have, it's actually, you know, another case study for tomorrow's uh, webinar. I have uh, some clients in Massachusetts right now who, um, who are facing eviction. And, um, and so I analyzed their pre-acceleration notice of default and right to cure letters and found that they do not strictly comply with paragraph 22 of the standard Fannie Mae Freddie Mac mortgage, which is uh, what they have. And in Massachusetts and many other states throughout the country, there's very well-developed case law that says, if that notice does not strictly comply with the terms of the mortgage at paragraph 22, then the foreclosure is declared void. So, um, I have analyzed these uh, paragraph 22 notices, written an expert affidavit, which has been filed with court. There'll be a hearing on June the 7th. And under existing Massachusetts law, the judge is going to be required to vacate that foreclosure. The property was brought back, bought back by the trustee of a securitization trust, right? In other cases where we've challenged this, a third-party buyer, like I have a client right now in Pennsylvania where a real estate investor purchased the property post-foreclosure, and there I've discovered, wait a minute, when U.S. Bank as trustee of a securitization trust filed the complaint to foreclose back in 2015, it was not the trustee of that trust. It had no standing. So now hopefully we're gonna be able to vacate that foreclosure, avoid an eviction. But you see, they have to bring in sophisticated buyers like this real estate investor uh, or the bank or a hedge fund to 
you, you know, to, to, to take title to the property, to launder the title uh, so that it looks like, well, okay, you know, that homeowner's never going to get that property back because it's been flipped a couple of times. Nobody can unwind or figure it out in the rat's, rat's nest what's really going on. Right. And of course, it's expensive to hire yeah. me to do that. However, yeah. it's not quite as costly as uh, the alternative. And so of losing um, your house. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about, like, I always like to give people a little bit of hope in this. I think just the fact that we're uncovering it and talking about it is hope. But let's, because that's the first shining light on something is what we need to do. But what can people personally do to keep themselves from getting into this awful situation? And then what can people who are in more powerful positions or in the industry can do to make, to change this? Because we can't live in a, in a, this is not a livable situation. We got to turn, the, the trauma caused to millions of people, like I said, is too high. It's a, it's a root cause of why people fall into alcoholism and drug things and divorce and everything and abusing their kids and everything else. I know it's, it's just one facet of that whole underworld, but it's, it's a big part of it. So what can people do to protect themselves and what can people do to turn this around? Okay. First, I want to validate what you're saying. I have been saying uh, to, to my clients, my colleagues, and anyone who will listen for years, there should be psychologists and psychiatrists working with me on these issues because you're absolutely right. It is very traumatic. Think of how primal it is, you know, to, to have the roof over your head threatened. I mean, just going back to cavemen. It's like you're threatening their, their family, their very existence. I exactly. felt that, I knew what that's like. Yes. Exactly, so you're right. And then it's embarrassing and too, to these people. You know, sure. for me, it was a company thing. So I didn't, it was, it was still embarrassing, but it wasn't as embarrassing. Um, but to these people, they feel like they're deadbeats. They're, it's embarrassing. Plus they're, you're threatening their, their children in existence. Yeah. So it's all fear-based all into those yes. lower ranges yep. of consciousness. Yep. And you're absolutely right. That's not suitable, not sustainable. You know, we need to get up into like, um, you know, a fair, at least a fair level playing field. So where's the hope? What can people do? My ability to help um, my clients in this type of distress is in direct relationship to the, um, the paperwork that they have maintained regarding this mortgage loan transaction, beginning with the loan documents that they received at closing. I need to take a look at the promissory note, the mortgage, the truth and lending disclosure statement, that whole package, uh, that's basic. A lot of people say that uh, they didn't maintain the file um, or they don't know where they put it, but that's number one. Number two, People need to create an active mortgage file from year to year. They need to keep each and every monthly mortgage statement, their proof of payments, um, proof of insurance and real estate taxes, any correspondence to and from the mortgage servicing company. And they should ask for a life of loan transaction history at least once a year from their current mortgage servicing company. 
The other thing that's happening is as mortgage servicing rights are sold to another entity, the mortgage servicing file isn't necessarily being transferred in its entirety. So we're losing the integrity and the fidelity of that mortgage file. And it can be critically important to figuring out where things went wrong. So maintaining a very complete documentation, I recommend both in paper and electronic um, is extremely important. That's number one. Number two, responding to something that goes wrong as soon as possible, contacting your mortgage servicing company or contacting me um, is extremely important because the sooner a problem can be addressed, the easier it is to, to rectify that problem. I will say that one thing that the COVID-19 moratoria uh, have, have done and, and the national housing policies that have ensued to basically um, help to keep people in their homes whenever possible has really um, caused a sort of a cultural change among the mortgage servicing companies where they do appear to be working out loan modifications with people. On the other hand, what I'm discovering is that that's another opportunity to overcharge the borrower. So, you know, I, I have um, on my website, uh, you know, I, I, I have a service where I will analyze your COVID-19 forbearance plan or trial period payment plan or loan modification paperwork to make sure there's no double dipping there. Um, so uh, the other thing that uh, I'm doing because I, I, I see that this, this, people just don't understand how important it is to have a professional um, analyze their mortgage loan transaction at critical periods of time. And I'm going to be creating a subscription service to do exactly that. I'll, okay. I'll, you know, I'll, people can subscribe once a year. I'll audit your loan. I will archive all of your loan documents so they're at my disposal. Um, and you know, there are going to be other educational uh, opportunities. We're going to be doing some webinars, newsletters, ask the expert kind of things. Um, but um, uh, yeah, it, it's just really important. So, for example at least for people, and these are always going to be people in the most vulnerable categories, which, which are easy targets. Um, first time home buyers, uh, anyone who's taken out an FHA or a VA loan, uh, anyone who um, has taken out a reverse mortgage or probate attorneys and the personal representatives of a deceased estate all need to have those mortgages audited from time to time. Uh, I've just um, begun working with a probate attorney and, and I now realize that um, that is that's a whole new sort of uh, market opportunity for my services because if you can imagine um, if, if a, a homeowner who has mortgaged the property passes away, the personal representative of his or her estate 
probably will have no idea what's going on with that mortgage loan. And one of my other case studies in this uh, webinar I'll be giving tomorrow deals with a reverse mortgage where I found some very subtle mechanisms by which the mortgage servicing company is charging more interest or collecting fees that it's not entitled to. When we detailed my loan back in the day that we saw all sorts of double dipping and all sorts of stuff that were all documented, right. but we couldn't, we couldn't do anything about it back in the day. I mean, I needed you. Yes, you did. I needed. <laughs> you I did. needed you. But I mean, it was, it was shocking. Like that judge said, it was shocking that they would do that. You know, for me back in the day it was 2008 and you know, it was when all that stuff exploded and then we saw it and it was a perfect storm. It was terrible, but yeah, it was a shocking thing to watch a bank do that, you know, to see that a bank would actually be that fraudulent, but it does happen. Oh. I mean, I saw personally and they were doing it to people all over the country. And then the FDIC, all they did is take them down and charge the, the, the owner, the um, chairman of the bank, moved to Florida because there were laws there to protect them and they fined him $20,000. That's all that happened to the guy after stealing millions from people. Right. So, they, yeah. you know, they're still running around. So what can people do to, you know, who have the ability to change this? What can we do to change the pariah? You know, the, I mean, they're, they're, people are just being taken advantage of and it's not in mass high enough so that people are, I mean, they keep the percentage low enough so they can keep doing it. That's right. But That's enough right. damage to create, you know, trauma and everything else. Well, let, let, let's just look at the massive disruption of the 2008 financial crisis and the COVID-19 crisis. Oh yeah, the COVID-19 I mean, was worse. I mean, I don't know, maybe it wasn't worse, but I, yeah, it was worse. I, I, so many it's more terrible. Were, so many more in, people were impacted by the COVID nineteen disruption, Sarah, than the two thousand and eight financial crisis. I expect to see in the next decade, ten to fifteen years, fallout from this COVID nineteen disruption. I think so too. The the children. I mean, this is and the the deaths from the vaccine that we are yet to see what we're going to, you're exactly right. 10 to 15 year exactly. cycle. And if they don't implement more crap on us, so there's going to be more happening and we won't even be able to right. distinguish what, what big event is causing all the death and destruction at that point. It wouldn't even matter. So what can people do to help clean up this industry? Because I mean, it's, it's a foundational element of our society. If it's not cleaned so up, it's about know, reporting. It's about, because no one on the consumer side has aggregated the big data that can show us what these mortgage servicing companies are doing and create pressure. It's so like if what you you're doing, because you're right. showing the pattern of abuse to show that it's industrial, that it's built into the industry and it's on purpose. And that's exactly. what we need to get out there. Exactly. So if you can just imagine, um, so everything that I've been doing over these 34 years is helping individual consumers, right? And do the deep dive. So I, I have a profound understanding of the issues, the problems, how they do what they do, what laws are being violated, et cetera. But it's going to take an organization of this information to make an impact. This is why I'm creating 
the monthly subscription program. So if you can just imagine if I had 100, then 1,000, then 10,000, then 100,000 mortgages that I'm auditing each year, I am going to know more about these lenders and mortgage servicing companies than they know about themselves. I will be able to create patterns and practice evidence and prove it. And the other thing that I'm doing, I'll, I'll just let you know, is I'm working with a um, software developer uh, in India to program my mortgage auditing uh, uh, tools into software application so that I can train other people to do what I do and so that we can actually audit these mortgage loans in mass. This is going to give us Perfect. intelligence that, that will be you know, um, able to be aggregated, analyzed. We're gonna know who, what, where, when, why, and how. And there has to be an organized consumer um, uh, uh, movement, if you say, a repository of big data that will give people a voice. I mean, we have organizations, nonprofits like the National Consumer Law Center, great advocate, you know, but they, they don't help individual consumers. They will consult with attorneys and they do publish wonderful uh, consumer law manuals, but let's not have to get into litigation to begin with. That's exactly so for example, right. And let's stop. Instead of being a band-aid to these problems and taking, right. it's like they're taking care at, of the people after the disaster, but they're exactly. never, they're not keeping the disasters from happening. Exactly. And we've got to keep that, that, that's what medicine does too. I mean, that's just their right. mode of operation. So right now, what, what do people do? They might file a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They get no help there. No, all the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is going to do is send their letter to the mortgage servicing company who's going to deny that there's a problem. Yeah, no, that's have exactly right. They deny there's a problem. In my case, they sent the thing saying there's no, they don't have to document monthly. They don't have to, right. the bank doesn't have to give you a monthly statement. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, think okay. about it. But, okay, but, but, now this is really screwed up. I was thinking. What a, what a great opportunity for an embezzlement scheme, right? Where there's no accountability. And that's exactly right we got it through going to court and demanding the files but you shouldn't have to do that right and few people really can so it's they really do, all right this is why you know and i haven't priced this out yet i'm working on the subscription service and the del deliverables but it's going to be it's going to be the best mortgage insurance that anyone can buy that protects them by the way all the other mortgage insurance protects the lender. Mm -hmm. Like if you're on That's a reverse right. mortgage, yeah, yeah, you're 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 protecting everyone on the other side of the table. No, you need to protect yourself over here. That's right. So, That's exactly yeah. right. They're protecting it so that you can make sure you can still pay your bill. That's all they care is making sure you can still pay the bill versus getting scammed. That's exactly okay. So how can people reach you? Okay, great. Um, well. Um, Best way is to start with my website, which is mcdonnellanalytics.com, and that's spelled M-C-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com. My contact information is all there. Um, the website uh, has a lot of content on there describing my services and some case studies. 
so that uh, people can have um, a really good idea as to um, what I've been able to accomplish uh, in, in, in the past and the kind of services I offer. Oh, by the way, this is funny, actually. I got a phone call in the middle of the night last night. It was four o'clock. Hmm. And I had my, um, my office telephone forwarded to my cell phone, which I kept by my bedside. And so I, I jumped out of bed. I thought, oh my gosh, what family member is in crisis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Come to find out, it's a gentleman in um, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, who was up, up in the middle of the night, three o'clock his time, doing research to try and find some help. He's about ready to complete uh, chapter 13 bankruptcy. Yeah. And all of a sudden he sees that the mortgage servicing company wants about $6,000 that he doesn't owe. And so, you know, he had been doing some research on the internet to see who might be able to help him. And um, he, he, he found me, uh, couldn't quite get to my website, but there's, I guess, other um, information out there about, sure. um, I guess, uh, mortgage fraud uh, that will lead people to me. And so anyway, I said, oh, thank heaven. <laughs> no, I'm happy to have your call. Obviously you're up in the middle of the night because you are in pain. But listen, he, he, that's morning, what people do. That's, that's what I'm it. saying. The trauma. That's what's there's people, people everywhere staying up in the middle of the night trying to figure this crap out. Anyways, exactly. And he's being very proactive because yeah. what happens a lot of the times as people come out of a chapter 13 trustee, there's this um, uh, kind of pre-discharge wrap-up called the notice of final cure procedure, where the the, the trustee um, for the bankruptcy and uh, the mortgage lender compare notes and agree or disagree that uh, the arrearages have been paid in full and the discharge can issue without contest. And uh, at, at the point where the discharge is issued, the mortgage servicer cannot then attempt to collect any of those pre-discharge fees and costs or arrearages because it has been agreed mm -hmm. that regardless of anything else we've compared notes but so he's being very proactive he's really carefully monitoring the situation you know which good on him and uh you know so i told him what you need is the financial forensics examination and uh you know we'll we'll chat about that a little later and uh but yeah i mean you're well it's you, good you're you, out there because this COVID nightmare, they put so many people out of business. They put so many families at risk that who don't have, you know, any kind of unemployment insurance. You as a business owner, you don't have any of that. And so right. there's so many people that are at risk right now. So thank you for being out there. And hopefully people can get some good information from you. So thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I really appreciate the interview and having the chance to sort of meet you in person uh, virtually and uh, happy to help if you have any questions or you know you have follow-up comments from your viewers um, i'm happy to to respond okay well thank you so much all right then thank you bye for now